Welcome to Prophet Gideon Dancehall's podcast, where we spend time delving into the deep things of God. We're so happy to have you join us today, and we pray you are blessed. Prophet Gideon Dancehall is the global lead pastor of Empowerment Worship Center, where God lives. We welcome you to a time of deep study and prayer. You can also join us in person on Sundays at 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 6 p.m. We promise you, your life will never be the same. Father, speak to us and bless us. Let it be a release of an 11-hour miracle. Let the mountain be released. Let visions and dreams that are almost there come back alive. Let your children be activated and let them have hope that between and the end of the year that God will give us a testimony. And I will end the year on a note of victory no matter what the enemy is doing. Father, show to the devil, you're still the boss. In Jesus' name, please put your hands together for Jesus. Clap your hands. Amen. I want to speak to you briefly this morning as I perceive in my heart and in my spirit message that will bless you. I want to talk to you about a man whose attitude whose spirit, whose destiny, I believe will impact your life. And somebody say better, amen. I want to speak to you on a subject I entitled, The Spirit of Caleb. The Spirit of Caleb. Bible says that in the last day that I was sent, the spirit of Elijah. When talking about the spirit of Elijah, we are not literally talking about just Elijah as a person, but we are talking about what he carries. We're talking about what is in the spiritual DNA that will impact your life. It's the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of intercession. The spirit of Elijah, the spirit of prayer. The spirit of prophetic and apostolic intercession. The spirit of Elijah is a spirit that wrestled Jezebel. And this morning I'm speaking to you about the spirit of Caleb. The spirit of Caleb. Who is Caleb? Whenever we read the Bible, we see the lives of people. The Bible, unlike many other books, or the Bible, unlike any books that we read, the Bible is full of individuals that did great good or great evil. The Bible is not just theory or just somebody's thinking. The Bible is real life. And the Bible is full of the lives of ordinary people that did extraordinary things. The Bible is just a book of people. So that's why you can relate with the Bible. Because the Bible is not just a fiction of somebody's imagination. Or the Bible is not just stories. The Bible is not just definitions of Stop. The Bible is not just science or just legal document. The Bible is full of different human beings. And there are stories that if you believe it and walk in it will change your destiny. The reason why I can relate with the Bible so much, in as much as it's God's word, it is more also of individual stories. Tell somebody, your story is not different. 
You are not talking to us to say your story is not different. And one guy whose story is powerful and I believe will bless you this morning is Caleb. The Bible talks about Caleb having a different spirit. We'll talk about that. But in the kingdom of God, there are many promises, of course. God gives many promises in the kingdom. When you become a child of God, God gives promises. Because God is a good God. And his promises are here in him and they are amen. God's promises are real. But I just wanted to know this morning that whenever God gives a promise, a prophecy, or whenever God reveals something to you, God does not just reveal it to you for you to just write it and put it somewhere and wait for it to happen. But God expects you to walk in. It's one thing in receiving a promise and putting the promise somewhere, but it's another thing when a promise becomes your lifestyle. Until the promise or the promise of God concerning our lives are no longer just something we write somewhere or we keep somewhere and not think about it, not meditate on it, not live it, not pray, not walk it, then it is not real. God's promises concerning your life are to be lived. You have to live it. Until you live it, you miss it. And as we go, you understand why many people receive promises, prophecies. God reveals his plans concerning their lives. And what happens is that they miss it. So by the time the promises or the prophecies come to pass, they are somewhere else. The reason why sometimes we miss it is that we don't live it. God, whenever he gives you a promise, he wants you to live it. You live like the promise. Your decisions are made based on the promise. What you do, your choices are made based on your promises. Your travels, your movements, everything you do must be based on what God said to you. Because what is paramount in your life is God's promises concerning your life. In other words, God's will. God wants us to live it. Tell somebody, I am living the promise. You got to talk to someone, say, live it, live it, live it, live it, live it. Don't just write it down and put it somewhere else. Because if you write it down and put it somewhere else and don't live it, there will be a contradiction between your choices and God's promises. The reason why Abraham missed it is that he at some point stopped living the promise and decided to consider himself. The result is Ishmael. Because Abraham stopped living the promise. When God promised you, you got to live it. You got to believe it. You got to walk it. 
you got to talk it, you got to weigh it, you got to behave it. It becomes your lifestyle. It's what you eat, it's what you drink, it's what you believe, it's what you dream, it's what you expect, it's what you pray, it's what you talk, it's where you go, it's where you don't go. Come on and clap your hand and shout. As I'm living it, I'm living it. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. In order to partake in the promises of God, or in order for you to live it, in order for you not to just put it somewhere, but to live it, you need two things that will help you live according to God's promise. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says, that ye be not slothful. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Being lazy in the spirit is looking for the easiest way out. Don't be slothful, but be followers of them who through faith, number one, and patience inherit the promises. If the promises of God are real, and if we are going to be able to live it in our lives, if we are going to see the manifestation thereof, we need faith, and we need what? Patience. In other words, we need faith and hope. In other words, we need the ability, the capacity, the anointing to constantly be alive, looking unto God, the altar and the finisher. Of our, we need to be strong. We can't be passive concerning God's promises. We got to be active. We have to be optimistic. We be pessimist. We have to live a life that is alive and real towards God's promises. And how do you do that? You do it by having faith and having patience that faithful is he who has promised and he will do it. That door it tarries. I will wait for it. The devil is a liar. He goes like Job said. All the days of my appointed time shall I wait until my change comes because he knows the thought. He thinks toward me. They are not evil. They are not bad. But they are good. They are the thought that will bring me to an expected end. Are you talking to me? You need faith and you need patience to work it. Many are not working it. Their lifestyle is different from the promise. I have a problem with that. I have a problem when the way you live is different from what God promised you. The only time the promises become real is when you think it's happening. When it's not happening, you marry anyhow, you do business anyhow, you preach anyhow, you talk anyhow, you engage anyhow, but God doesn't want that. God wants you to leave focusing on the promises. The promise must determine your choices. The promise must determine who you talk to, who you hang with, where you go, where you don't go. The promise of God must be the life you live. And how are you going to be able to do that? You need faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
The Bible says that some having forgotten about faith have made shipwreck. Many have fallen because they lost the faith in the journey. They lost that active strength, that constant believing, that supernatural ability to see beyond your natural circumstances, that capacity to trust God, even when you don't see him at work, but you trust his character, that capacity to say God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can imagine. Are you talking to me? right now. That faith, that faith, that is alive, that is well, that is quickened. You live it, you talk it, you believe it, you pray it. You need faith. Then you need patience. Yeah? Because sometimes it takes time. How many of you have had promises that it's taking some time? Come on, talk to me right now. It's taking time. How many of you really believe that what's going to happen in January? And then it happened and you thought February was going to be it. And March, you were so sure in June. My God, September, you thought was the month of birthing, but yet nothing happened. But a day is like a thousand and a thousand. It's like a day with God, nothing shall come on and clap you and shall be impossible. I feel like, can I bless you this morning? Can I bless you this morning? Lift up your name, shout, I am alive. I'm alive in God. We need a combination of faith and patience to live it. You think it's easy? It's not easy. It's real, but we are living it. We are living it. Sometimes it's like you are dead, but you are living it. Sometimes it's like you can't show up, but you are living it. Sometimes you have nothing to say, but you are living it. Sometimes you say something, but you are living it. Sometimes you feel like it. And other times you don't feel like it. Sometimes you are strong. And other times you feel beaten. Sometimes you can literally perceive a thorn in your flesh. That is why I needed to walk in these two dimensions of faith and patience. Don't be slothful. Be active. Many are slothful concerning gospel. Many are actually dead. You'll be shocked how many people just come to church for coming to church sick. But they are not alive. They come to church because they are Christians. They come to church because they are not Muslims. They can't go to Juju. They come to church because it's the order of the day. If you don't come to church, they will laugh at you. But they don't come because they are alive. Bob said, they that come to God must know that he is. He is. A reward of them that seek him. Now faith, now faith, now faith, now faith. Faith is now. Faith is now. Tell somebody, every day I'm alive. My God, come on and hold somebody's hand and squeeze and say, faith is now. Say, where is your faith now? Where is your faith now? Faith is Second Corinthians 4 verse 13 says, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe. Therefore, have I spoken. We also believe. And therefore, we speak. I'll tell you what, I only speak what I believe. When you live the promise, you speak what you believe. Hebrews 10, 36 says, 
Hebrews 10, 36, the Bible said, for ye have need of patience. Ah, tell somebody this message is for you. Can I sit here for one minute without moving? Say you have need. You, you have need, you have need. Come on, talk, say you have need, you have need. Say, for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. You cannot receive the promise without a combination of faith and patience. So when I check my Bible, one man that had this attribute or character or capacity or base or strength, one man that carried faith and patience was Caleb. Caleb. Caleb was my God. Caleb is a real deal. Caleb is a real man that walked, believing God, having faith, and yet working with patience. But sometimes there is a contradiction when we talk of patience and faith. Because faith is active, and patience sometimes can make a bit passive. But you see, you need a combination of both of moving forward but having your shock absorbed so when there's a hit you change gear and stand back and tell the devil not me who Caleb who is Caleb Caleb was one of the spies Moses sent to Canaan numbers the 13th chapter, the 6th verse says, the spirit of God, of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of what? Jephunneh. In fact, let's go back to verse 3. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Verse 4. And these were the names of the tribe of Reuben, Shamua, the son of Zacho, and of the tribe of Simeon, Shephah, the son of Hori, and of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Caleb was just one of those guys. You know, the days when we think that real faith is in the pulpit are over. Real faith is in the congregation. You're not clapping your hands because you are so struggling, huh? But I'll tell you what, ministry can become a profession where I can talk, 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 but I'm not living it. Those who are really living it are those who are sitting in the congregation. Your clapping is sick. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All that many are doing is they are reading books and they are talking it. It's one thing to read a book, it's another thing to live it. His name is mentioned as number three, which means he was not a leader. You don't have to be a leader to make a difference. Because, because Moses dealt with the Israel according to order. The first was a Reuben. You can see the, the, the order. Reuben was the firstborn. So Reuben, he sent somebody from Reuben. Then he sent someone from Simeon. And of course, he skipped Levi because Levi was a priest. 
after Simeon called Judah. And so of Judah was Caleb, one of the guys that represented the family of Judah. Then the Bible says, Caleb had an excellent and a different spirit. A different spirit. Numbers 14, 24 says, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, that he followed me fully. The emphasis here is that Caleb had another spirit. That stands to reason that all spirits are not the same. Everybody and their temperature. Everybody and their spiritual temperature. There are people when they are around you, your spiritual temperature goes low. And there are others when they are around you, your spiritual temperature, it goes up and up and up and up. And I came to speak to the Caleb of this church. I came to encourage you. I came to prophesy that you are the Caleb of your generation, the Caleb of your house, the Caleb of your family. Watch this. Who is Caleb? Why is Moses saying Caleb had another spirit? Why is Caleb so important that Moses says he had another spirit? Other versions said a different spirit. Have you hung around people whose spirits were so low? Have you done people Whose spirits makes you discouraged? Have you hung around people who, after talking to them, you feel like giving up? Have you hung around people whenever you speak to them, you are tired? Have you hung around people whenever I speak to them, you don't feel like going to church? Have you hung around people whenever I speak to them, you believe that it's over? Have you spoke to people whose spirits made you so low that you never want to believe again, pray again? Talk to God again. Stand in the gap again. Do God's work again. Give again. Live righteous again. Take a stand for God again. Their spirit is so infested that whenever they speak to you, they infest you. But I came to talk to those who carry the Caleb spirit. Whenever they are around you, they inject you with faith. They, my goodness, I believe that the grace of Caleb is in the house. And I came to ginger you, activate you, inject you that there's still a possibility and God is getting ready to turn your destiny and your life around and it's not over until you win clap your hands for Jesus and shout say yes why is Moses saying Caleb had an excellent spirit why come with me to Numbers 2 the 13th chapter the 26th, the 30th verse. Numbers chapter 13 from verse 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and shewed them the fruits of the land. Uh-huh. And they told him and said, we came unto the land whither thou sentest us. And surely it, it flowed with milk, milk and honey. And honey. And this, and is, this is the fruit is of the, the fruits land. of 
the land. Of the land. This, this is the fruit of this is what the land can produce. This is the fruit. This is the fruit. This is the fruit by what? Nevertheless. Nevertheless. The people be strong. See, there are some people, they are just anointed to be negative. They have a special anointing of negativity. You have gone to the land, you've seen that the land truly flows with honey and milk. That's what God said. Not only that, you see the fruit of the land, but they have to say something bad. Tell somebody, why do you delight in just saying something bad? Why? Demand an answer right now. Say, why? What is the problem? And you're not talking. Tell me, look and say, why do you just have to say something bad? Somebody once says that people don't want to be fixed because they get attention when they are broken. It's like being needy, being sad, being weak and vulnerable gives them attention. I refuse for people to gather around me for the wrong reason. But people are going to gather around me for the true reason and the godly reason that God made a way where the same stupid come on, clap your hand and shout and say, yes, God did it. He did it for me. Why do you want people to gather around you because... You're miserable. You've seen the land. Now watch this. Nevertheless, Nevertheless the, the people will be strong uh-huh. that dwell in the land. Uh-huh. And the cities are warm uh-huh. and very great. Uh-huh. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. The Amalekites Amalekite. dwell in the land of the south. Uh-huh. And the Hittites uh-huh. and the Jebusites uh-huh. and the Amorites. Uh-huh. Dwell in the mountains, mm. and the Canaanites uh. dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb, what's this? Hold it before I talk about Caleb. Look at your report. You see, you need to learn how to use this word. All things work together for my good. They saw the honey and the milk. They said it. They saw the fruits. They said it. But when they saw the Canaanites, the Amalekites, the Anakims, and when they saw the mountains, they interpreted it differently from what God has said. But if you watch what God promised them, God spoke to them about the honey and milk, spoke to them about the fruits, and God also spoke to them about the enemies. In fact, God did not only speak to them about the honey and milk, because you need some enemies to prove that your God is really alive. You see, you're not getting it. In the picture that God has for you, in the plans of God, there's a place for enemies. They got something to do in your life. God is not shocked at your enemies. God is never surprised at what your enemies are doing because they are also in the picture for a reason. Are you with me at all? They are here for a reason. Because thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
thou's anointest my head with oil and my cup run it over if I've seen the honey and milk and I've seen the fruits and I see the enemies then I know that God is working all things for my good for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and unto those who are called according to his purpose Don't separate your enemies from God's bigger plan. They are in it. How many of you know what your friends can give you? Your enemies can what your enemies can give you, your friends can give you. How many of you know that what Judas gave Jesus, John couldn't give him? How many of you know that but for Judas, we will not be enjoying the blood? We need that Judas to betray him for him to be crucified so the blood will be shed for you and you're not getting it. You're not getting it. You need some enemies to push you. Can I bring it home? Can I bring it home? Many of you, your enemies have made you better. You are now a better Christian, a better prayer warrior, a better tongue talker, a better child of God because of some enemies. Will you clap your hands and shout and scream and say yes? Tell somebody the enemies are also in the picture. Can you smile and tell somebody they are also here for a reason? My God, when I see witches and wizards, when I see demons, then I remember the Bible says, In my name shall ye cast out devils. How can I cast out devils when there are no devils to be cast? I need them around to fulfill God's full picture and original plan for my life. Clap your hand and shout and say yes. They are also there. Tell somebody, are you one of them? Please stop to say, are you one of them? You see, in chapter 15 and 18, let's see. In that same day, the Lord made a covenant with who? Abraham saying, unto thy seed, have I given what? This land. From the river of what? Egypt. Unto the great river of what? The Euphrates. Next verse says, the Canaanites. The Canaanites and the what? The Camonites, the Hittites, the Perserites, the Rephims, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gethsemite, and the Jebusites. Are you with me at all? You see. When God promised Abraham, he mentioned all of these ones. What the children of Israel wanted to do was that they wanted the honey and the milk, but they wanted to escape the other part of the prophecy. Tell somebody, the enemies are also part of the prophecies. My God, the devil is a liar. I refuse to give up when I see enemies because a thousand shall fall on my left and ten thousand on my right, but it will not come nigh me. Only me my eyes as I behold and as I shall see. Come on and clap your hands and shout. Say yes. See, God always speaks with an intent. God's promises are to make you better. God's promises are not to make you a joke. God's promises are not to make you like a pampered 
child, spoiled child, who has never seen the in and out of stuff. God's promises are to make you better. It's not to make you a joke, a spoiled Christian. It's to make you a strong believer. Strong. Seen mountains, conquered mountains, conquered giants, conquered demons, fought the battle and war. And Caleb said what? Come to Caleb. The spirit of Caleb. Verse 30, Caleb says, Numbers 13 and 30. And Caleb. Somebody say, and Caleb. Say, and Caleb. The father of the Bible said, and Caleb means he was not a leader. Somebody was talking. Caleb was behind. Have you felt like everybody's talking and you're never given opportunity to talk? Have you felt that people are leading you, you are stronger than they were talking. They were giving report to Moses. I believe that the Reubenites were talking. And after the Reubenites, the Simeonites were talking. And the talk was going on and on and on. And Caleb, enough of wrong prophecies. Enough of prophesying doom. Enough of saying Ghana will not make it. Enough of saying my destiny will not succeed. Enough of predicting my destruction. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. Who is Caleb? What is the spirit of Caleb? The spirit of Caleb is the spirit that confesses what God has said concerning your life. The spirit of Caleb is the spirit that decrees God's word. The spirit of Caleb is the spirit that sticks with the vision and not their own vision. Because see, Moses sent them to go and spy the land and not to come and tell them why they can't possess it. But Caleb said, we are more than able. When you are Caleb, you speak with boldness. You speak with power. What gives you audacity to believe that the year will not end in pain, but the year will end in victory? It's because you believe faithful will see who has promised and he will surely do it. Can I get a witness in the house? Do I have some colors in the house? Can you rise up and clap on and shout? Say yes. Be seated. And Caleb steal. There are people whose anointing is to steal people. Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. That's why everybody died. You know, the generation that went to fight the land, they all died. The only two people that lived was Caleb and Joshua. Joshua because automatically Joshua was going to lead the people after Moses. So Joshua didn't die because of who he was. He didn't die because he was the automatic leader. But Caleb didn't die because he had a dangerous spirit. You know, tell somebody, tell somebody, I can't die. You have no idea where I've been that I've survived. You have no idea how the enemy concluded on my destiny that I'm still here. I'm not going to die now. Say yes. I'm not talking about people who are alive because they come from a good home. I'm not talking about people who are pastoring 
big churches because their father, mother, father, father was a pastor and gave them a church. We are talking about people who are ordinary, haven't seen anything before, but suddenly God activated them to rise up. You are not here. I came to declare that you shall not die. You shall not die, but you shall live. Your clapping is sick. Your shouting is low. You will leave. You will leave. Your children will leave. Your business will leave. This church will leave. Empowerment Worship Center will leave. Say yes. Be seated. What is the meaning of Caleb? Caleb simply means forcible. Forceful. Wonder forces. In fact, some translation says Caleb actually means a dog or an all. The Hebrew said Caleb means one that is forceful. He's the dog. I believe he was a dog. Why do I believe? Because he was nothing. You know, if the spirit of God lifts off you, you are a dog. You're not getting it. The Canaanite woman said, I'm a dog. That's why I need your grace. I just want to tell you how low and ordinary Caleb was. And yet, when men die, he survived. You are not going to live because of the medicine you drink or the contacts you know. But you are going to live because you have a dangerous spirits within you. Clap your two hands. Lift up your voice and shout. Say yes. You have no idea from whence I've come. I've survived several abortions and I'm still here. I've survived fighting beasts and animals and devils and snakes and scorpions and I'm still here. You have no idea the kinds of wickedness the enemy lifted up against this vessel standing here and you will not be a difference. If I survive, then I will survive. I will thrive. I will make it. Say yes. Listen, Caleb's don't die. The spirit of Caleb is what I'll call in my own English undiable, unkillable. Tell somebody I can't die. Come on, come on, shake yourself. Shake yourself. Shake yourself. Shake yourself. Shake yourself. Say, live long. Look at us, say, live long. Give three people a high five and say, live long. Prosper. Succeed, rise up, bounce back, change the story, break record, set a new record, set a new standard, say yes. All the people that went to spy the land died, with the exception of Caleb and Joshua. Joshua, because he was the leader, so answer him no. I'm not talking about those who qualify because of presidential executive powers. I'm talking about those who are meant to die. They saw it, but they rose up. They conquered. Receive the grace right now. Say yes. Your face looks too simple for my liking. 
make you the devil a frown. Somebody will know that you cannot die. For I found my servant David with my holy oil. Have I anointed him? The enemy will not exact on him. Neither shall the son of wickedness afflict him. I'm just saying, if the lion and the bear couldn't kill you, then Goliath can't kill you. Receive the grace. Say yes. The caliphs are those who defile natural orders, defile the norm, override human prediction, financial analysts, consultants, political pundits, whoever they are, professors, lecturers, pastors, bishops, Pharisees, Sadducees, when you are Caleb, you override them, you change their mind, you break their record, you tell them, greater is she that is in me than he that is in the world. You are getting me excited. You have some Caleb's in the house. Then tell someone, stop talking the way you are talking. <laughs> you are not doing it. You are not doing it. Hold on. Shut the fence. Stop talking. Stop. Stop. Stop talking. Stop talking. My God. I believe. Therefore, I speak. I don't speak what I don't believe. And I don't believe I will die. I don't believe I will not make it. I don't believe I will not survive. I don't believe I will not rise up. I believe that when I fall seven times, as I rise up again, seven times, say yes. Thank God for those who had the easy and had automatic qualify. Thank God for those who had exemptions. Thank God for those who have special coupons. Thank God for those who have links and contact and access. But for some of us, I die Listen to me. I have to believe God to go borrow money, figure it out, and start a church here. I have to believe God. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just started it. If that I didn't die, is it today I'm going to die? You see, the colors are those who keep the vision. You know the problem with other spies? They were speaking their own vision. They were talking their own fears. They were speaking their own anxiety. Be careful the advice people give you because they may be speaking their fear into you. <laughs> Caleb said, still, God promised us. The vision Moses gave us came from God. I stick with this and I forget about it. I stick with a real vision. There are many in church who have their own vision. They are vision in a vision. 
they are anointed to only see the negatives of the church. Nothing good. When you are Caleb, you speak positive. Hey! 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 It's not about how long you've been in the church. It's about what spirit you carry in the church. The suspects are not clapping their hands. Watch this. Caleb lived because of his spirit. If Caleb lived with Joshua, then look at Caleb once again. After the death of Moses, Caleb is now forgotten. That's why I say that you need both faith and patience to work the promise. When Caleb spoke this, Moses promised him that he would give him a mountain. He would give him a possess, a land. But after the death of Moses, Joshua forgot Caleb. Tell somebody, have you felt like you are in a dark place before? Come on, say, after you prayed, after you fasted, after you've seen testimonies, and suddenly, it's like you are in the back again. Have to start it all over again. How many of you started the year so well? But somewhere in June and July, something happened and like, you have to start all over again. Come on, can I see my hands you have been there before? To start all over again. Suddenly it's so dark. Suddenly you can't see your way forward. What is happening? At that time, you have to have faith. But most you have to switch to activating your patience. Pastor Brown said, hanging between the the miracles of the past and the promise of the future. Hanging between your Elijah moments when you kill prophets of Baal and when now Jezebel is after you and you feel like dying. Have you been there before? When at some point you were so strong and suddenly the prospects and everything that looks so powerful, suddenly everything is dark. That was Caleb. At that point, you are not just throwing your faith away or throwing the promise away. You still have to live it. You have to live it even in the dark. 45 years, Caleb was forgotten. Tell somebody, I need to ask you a question. How many years do you feel you've been forgotten? How many years? 45 years. 45 years of feeling that it's all over with me. Watch this. Let me show you just three things that Caleb deployed to possess his possession. I call it the claim. It's all about the claim. Number one, it is important to understand that even though God is omniscient, yet what will cause him to formally know your needs is when you ask him in prayer. So Caleb rose up and went to Joshua, the man of God, and demanded what God promised him. The spirit of Caleb is the spirit that says it doesn't matter how far and how long I've been forgotten. When it is time to possess what God gave me, I will rise up and possess it. Many are good while it is still hot. When things get cold, everything gets cold. 45 years. And everybody will tell that Caleb had forgotten about the promise, but I haven't forgotten. I have not. Can you hold on to a promise? A dead promise for 45 years. Can you believe God over something God gave you and is dead for 45 years and you are holding on to it? How many of you are here who are trusting God for the color spirit? The color spirit says it doesn't matter how long I wait for it. All the days of my appointed time shall I wait until my change comes. 
Caleb and Joshua were equal. They were classmates. And Joshua is lifted. And Joshua had forgotten him. And Caleb lived far away. In fact, the Bible says Caleb went to the leaders of Judah. That stands to reason that he was not even a leader. But yet, he still believed God. Can you believe God when you feel forgotten? How many of you have felt forgotten before? You feel like God has forgotten you. You feel like your prayers are not being answered. You feel like everything is gone black. Suddenly, everything is gone black. At that point, the spirit of Caleb said, I will not be bitter. I will not change my confession. I will not change who I am. I will not talk like I'm not, I'm not a believer. I will still speak the mind of God. He went to Joshua and said to Joshua, Joshua the 14th chapter verse 6, and the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Giga and Caleb, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzanite, said unto him, Thou knowest the things that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kedis Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses spoke, when Moses, the son of the Lord, sent me from Kedis Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my own heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people to melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thy inheritance and thy children forever. Because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Next verse says, and now behold, the Lord had kept me alive. How many of you are alive even when you are forgotten? I found out that many Christians die the day they feel forgotten by God. Suddenly, they are confessing about God changes. Suddenly, they are not too sure anymore. Suddenly, God is the most wickedest person ever in their lives. And how do I know that? I know it by the way you give. The way you pray. The way you come to church. You are dead. You become slow. You become weak. You are not strong anymore. Little things can shake your faith. Caleb said, 45 years, I'm still alive. My faith is so strong. I haven't given up. I'm still trusting God. I'm still holding on. January to December, I'm still alive. I'm not dead. I'm not giving it to Satan. It doesn't matter how long he waits. It doesn't matter how long. It doesn't matter how long. Because they that wait upon the Lord shall surely renew their strength. I am still alive. It's not about the breakthrough. It's about what you do before the breakthrough. Caleb said, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. Come on, tell somebody, say, be alive. Can you look and say, be alive, be alive, be alive. How do I know you are not alive? You frown your face. Look at you. Your joy is gone. Can I be real right now? You don't want me to be, can I be real? 45 years of believing God over something God gave him. He and Joshua were equal. And yet, he was forgotten. I said, sir, I'm still alive after 45 years of believing God for one thing. What are you believing God for? And have you given up? And why have you given up? Because you don't see it? 
You don't know it. You haven't felt it. It's not coming. Caleb said, me, 45 years, my faith is still strong. Whenever we talk about the woman that had a hatchback for 12 years, or when we talk about the guy by the pool for 38 years, we only talk about the miracle. We only talk about when Jesus said, woman, thou art loose. We don't talk about the 12 years of constantly coming to church like this. 12 years! Faithful! Praying! Giving! Seeing other people healed, but Sometimes she was even praying for other people to be healed, but she herself. Don't only look at the miracle. Look at the process. Because where many of you miss it is a process. Your problem is a process. But I declare today, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall. Tell somebody, don't die while waiting. You are weak. You are weak. Say, don't die whilst waiting. Say, I know you are waiting for some stuff. Many of you, in a time of waiting, you go to all kinds of places. I'm telling you, you can't wait. Today you are up. Tomorrow you are down. You know, when your testimony comes, you yourself, you are not really happy because you know that you mix mix things. You are not clapping your hands, but I'm telling the truth. The first one is a claim. The second one is a basis for the claim. What was the basis? Caleb says, he begins to show how the Lord gave him promise. Don't just pray, but pray the promise. Caleb said, I'm alive. But not only am I alive, I am claiming my promise because he promised me. Look at me. Don't pray anything God didn't say. You don't want to know. Don't pray for somebody's husband. It's not yours. You are not clapping your hands better. Watch this. Caleb said, I'm only claiming what God gave me. Church, the only thing God is responsible for is what he gave you. Not what you took. Many have taken things that God didn't give you. So when your promise comes, it becomes an Ishmael that eats Isaac. Many of you are carrying things. Only to kill what God actually wanted to give you. And, but the Bible says, in the day of the Baptist, till now, the kingdom of violent, and the violence shall take it by force. I take it by force. I bind it. Especially charismatics. We pray all kinds of prayer. And whenever we start that prayer, I hear the Lord said to Michael, Michael, shut the door. Some dangerous prayers are coming to me. This one I can't answer. Tell somebody, pray the promise. Come on, shake somebody, shake somebody, shake, 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 say, pray, pray, pray the promise. You know why? Because in the midst of waiting, you can deviate, you can compromise, you can negotiate. But I tell you what, the word of God is not negotiable, it's unchangeable, it's a command. You follow through because God says what He means, and He means what He says. But what if you change a little bit? Heaven help those who help themselves. It's not in the Bible. Do you know that? It's not in scripture. When Abraham decided to help God, he brought a permanent devil in his life. Watch this. 
Look at what Caleb said, and I think it will help you. And as yet, how many together want to go? Christianity is war. Caleb said, my strength that I had is still with me. I am as strong as the day when Moses promised me the same strength I carry. My faith has not withered. My belief has not withered. My hope has not withered. What I'm trusting God for, I'm still believing it. I'm still praying it from January to now because I believe a day is like a thousand and a thousand. It's like a day and God can turn it around. Say yes. Listen, it's not when the promise comes. It's about how and where you are when the promise comes. Because many of you, your promise came and you are not where God ordained you to be. Adam, where are you? You missed it. You were tired. Look at the revelation. Can you see the revelation? The revelation said, the strength I had when the promise came, I still have it even now. That's to say that when you focus on the promise and not time, you don't age. Your clapping is sick. Hey, you are not getting it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You stop aging the day you stop looking at the time and start looking at the promise. Because the promise is always alive. And when you look at the promise, age is irrelevant. You don't wrinkle. You don't change. Your womb don't die. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. You look at the promise. You look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You don't age. The reason why you feel old is that you are looking at time, not the promise. The reason why your strength is going as that you are looking at your body, not the promise. When Abraham stopped looking at the promise and started looking at his body, he slept with Hagar and got Ishmael. I don't know what you are trusting God for, but I want thing to tell you, stop looking at time and your strength and look at the promise. Because when you look at the promise, you are always young, cute, beautiful, wonderful, ready. Your womb can do it. Your body can do it. It is still possible. Can you rise up and clap your hand and shout? Say yes. Isaiah says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Their strength. Finally, he possesses the claim. He possess the claim. Don't forget that Caleb stopped aging because of the promise. It shows us that waiting periods are not wearing times. He refused to focus on his age and time by the promise. Strength was in him not because of his body but because of the promise. What I'm saying to you is that until you refuse to allow time to define where you are in God, you will miss it. But when you allow your promise to define your time, you make it. Watch this. Finally, Caleb said, give me this mountain. Give me what? This mountain. Caleb didn't take what? The land. He could have gone for the plain land. He said, but I want a mountain. You know something? When we wait too much, sometimes we compromise. 
Many of you have waited and you've gone to marry somebody you are not supposed to marry. Many of you have waited and you are in business where you are not supposed to be. Caleb said, I've waited. But if I've waited, I didn't wait all this while for God to give me a drunkard. Look at me. I didn't wait all this while to be a third wife. I didn't wait all this while to be a 419. I didn't wait all this while to steal. I didn't wait all this while to go into politics to become a thief. I waited all this while to get the real thing. And the real thing is I want the mountain. I want the mountain. Come on, go out of your seat and tell five people I want the mountain. Come on, get out of yourselves. I want the mountain. What I want is a mountain. What I'm looking for is a mountain. What I'm believing God for is a mountain. What I'm trusting God for is a mountain. I want the mountain. I'm taking the mountain. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Say yes. I didn't wait this while for a valley. I didn't wait this while for a plain field. I waited this while for a mountain. I want a mountain. I want what everybody's afraid of. I want to conquer what nobody can conquer. I want to speak to this mountain. Be level. I want to conquer the mountain. Say yes. Caleb said, give me the mountain. You know something? When you wait too long, you compromise. When you wait too long, you give up. But Caleb said, I waited too long to go for fake. My waiting to produce a better result. And if I've waited this while, then I'm going for the best. I want the mountain. Because when you stand at the mountain, you stand at a place of advantage, place of power, a place of favor. You see what others don't see. You sit high. In that day, the city of the Lord shall be lifted up high in all nations. Lift up your hands right now. Lift up right now. Begin to speak to God about the mountain. I refuse to give up. I refuse to give up. I refuse to throw in the towel. I refuse to let the devil have his way. I refuse it. I refuse it. Lift up your hands right now. Caleb said, I waited too long to go for a valley. I waited too long to even go for a leveling field. I want a mountain. I want to confront giants. Mountain also stands for giants and problems. Caleb said, I want where everybody's afraid of. So my God can be shown and be manifested. I should lift up your hands right now. I don't know where you are, but I refuse to compromise. I'm going for what God promised me. I'm going for the ministry God gave me. I'm going for the real church God gave me. I'm not compromising on the anointing. I'm not changing for anything. I'm going for the real thing. I'm living it. And I'm going for what is real. It's not easy. But it's real. Lift your hands. Verse 13 says, and Joshua bless him. Whenever you live on a mountain, you are blessed. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for an inheritance. Before, it was not Hebron. When Caleb got there, it changed from what it was to Hebron. Before Caleb went there, it was a land that ate its inhabitants. It was a land that swallowed its inhabitants. But what they were saying was the physical facts. They were not talking about spiritual facts. But when Caleb got there, it shifted from the land that each inhabitant to Hebron. Hebron means a friendly place. Change the place to a land that loves its own and bless it all. As you lift up your hands, say, I command shiftings in the heavens. Say in the name of Jesus, I refuse to give up. I refuse to be negative. I refuse to die whilst I'm waiting on God. 
as I lift up my hands, I activate my faith and I declare that it is possible in 2016 God will make a way where there seems to be no way. This week is my week of all turn around and miracles and testimonies in the name of Jesus. Come on and clap your hands and shout. You are not shouting, you are not clapping.